Good morning and welcome to Ask the Expert, a daily series from 8.30am to 9am to help small businesses. I do hope you're all keeping well in these tough times. My name is Judith Dugdale and I'm here to answer as many questions as I can today. So please pop any questions you may have in the comments box below or use the hashtag QBATE on Twitter. After this session, if you need any more advice and you haven't already done so, please join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook, where accountants and business experts are on hand 24-7. QuickBooks also have a dedicated COVID-19 information site. To access this, just go to the website, scroll down, and click on the big Learn More button under the header Support for You and Your Business During COVID-19. Today's my fourth session on Ask the Expert, and I hope to get through as many questions as we have done before. Before we start um, answering those, and please feel free to set them going now, uh, I just want to do a little bit of an introduction to myself and do a quick update on the COVID-19 support that's out there. <clears throat> There's been a couple of changes over the last uh, week or so, and I'd just like to fill you in on those. So as I said before, my name is Judith Dugdale. I'm a chartered accountant. I work at MHA More and Smalley, which is a large independent firm of chartered accountants based in the northwest of England. We cover Cumbria, Lancashire, Merseyside, Greater Manchester, and we also have an office in Nottingham in the Midlands. As you would expect from a large firm of independent accountants, we do all the compliance work you'd expect, such as corporate tax returns, statutory accounts, audits, VAT return filing. But we also, on top of that, have a corporate finance team to help our clients sell uh, businesses, buy businesses, look at handing over to the next generation. We've got an independent team of financial advisors, a specialist tax team to look at both inheritance tax, corporate tax and personal tax altogether. And we have a payroll team who look after thousands of payrolls on behalf of our clients. And as I'm sure you'd probably expect, they're incredibly busy at the moment. Um, they are doing a lot of um, job retention claims. And as of, I think, Wednesday this week, uh, we've done six million claims on behalf of our clients. So that just goes to show how much that support was needed across the um, small business community. I head up our digital solutions team at MHA More and Smalley. And basically what that means is there's myself and a team of uh, 10 others who look after small and micro businesses across the Northwest who use cloud accounting software. We have over a thousand clients using QuickBooks Online and we are an elite partner. And one of our software managers is actually a, a certified Intuit QuickBooks trainer. So we've got a lot of expertise. And the reason we set that up as a separate team was because the needs and wants of small and micro businesses are slightly different than some of our large clients. We would like um, feedback quickly, uh, be able to get hold of people. So our team is a dedicated in the office team, um, or albeit working from home now. Uh, and the great thing um, for our clients is we've done a seamless virtual office. Everything that we could do in the office, we can do from our homes. I think the only thing we're missing is a slight interaction with our colleagues, but that will come back over a period of time. But yeah, the, the fact that the cloud accounting software is accessible anywhere, along with all the apps that feed into it, that has meant a, a seamless um, continued workplace um, all the way through COVID-19. And talking of COVID-19, that's just a quick update I wanted to give. Um, I was last on a couple of weeks ago, 
And at that point, um, HMRC had just announced um, details of the second self-employed income support scheme. So they're going to do a second grant payment and that will be in August time. We don't have the date yet that you'll be able to make that claim. But what we do know now, which I didn't know on the 1st of June last time I spoke about this, is that there's a slight little bit of detail now that's come to light, which is to um, be eligible for the second claim. You have to say that you've still been affected adversely by COVID-19 as at the 14th of July. And that's quite a key date because at the moment, retail businesses are going back this week. And so most small shops that have been closed are now open again. Um, or if they've not quite opened, they will be opening over the next couple of weeks. Cleaners have gone back to cleaning. Um, a lot of the business, uh, the construction self-employed have gone back onto construction sites if they weren't already working. And then from the 4th of July, obviously, we're hoping to see a lot more of the leisure and hospitality sectors reopening. So the 14th of July is quite a key date. The businesses that are reopened, you'll have had, the ones that are reopened this week, you'll have had a month to assess your trade and assess how much money you're making compared to how much you used to make. And in the hospitality sector, they'll have had a couple of weeks to assess how things are going. So if you're still adversely affected, you can um, do the second claim. If you were eligible for the first one, you were eligible for the second one. If you weren't eligible for the first one, unfortunately, you're still not eligible for the second one. The first grant, um, you could get 80% of your average three-month earnings up to a maximum of £7,500. On the second grant, it's slightly less. You'll get 70% of your average three-month earnings up to a maximum of 6570 the other update I just wanted to remind people about is the job retention scheme or the flexible furlough scheme, as it's um, being called now. This comes into effect on the 1st of July, the new changes and the key change on the 1st of July. And again, this will really help those businesses that are reopening at the moment is the part time um, capabilities of furlough staff. So currently up to the end of June, any furlough staff can do no work whatsoever. All they're allowed to do is some training. Uh, they are not allowed to work for their employer that has furloughed them. From the 1st of July, you will be able to bring people back into your business to work on a part-time basis and you will only pay them for those part-time hours. The government will pay their furloughed hours up to a maximum of 80%. So I think that's, that's a great help for those businesses that are restarting and reopening. It's important to note that from 1st of August, Part of the furlough claim will change. You will no longer be able to claim the employer's national insurance and the employer's pension contribution on any furloughed employee's wages. The employer will have to pay those. And then in September and October, the amount of support the government is going to give on furloughed wages reduces. So currently they will pay 80% of an, an employee's wage when furloughed. That will go down to 70% in September and 60% in October. The employer will have to make up that difference so that the employee still receives 80%. So that's just a couple of things to bear in mind. One thing that has uh, been in the press quite a bit in the last few days is um, the checking of these um, furlough claims or the self-employed support claims. HMRC are actually trying to fast track legislation at the moment to uh, be able to start checking some of these claims. And that's that's on the back of um, they've had over 3,000 people 
contact them to say that either their employer is furloughing them and not passing on the money or furloughing them and asking them to continue to work, both of which are obviously against the guidelines. So they are getting things in place to be able to check some of these claims. And one thing that you can do to try and help yourself if you have done either a self-employed income support claim or a furlough claim is to check whether you've got a protection scheme in place. Uh, at More and Smallly, uh, we offer what we call a um, tax protection service and you pay uh, a membership fee to join that. And then if you happen to have any investigations by HMRC, we can make a claim on your behalf for our fees to speak to HMRC to deal with the claim. Um, so that's quite a good thing to have in place if you can. You may already have it in place through any um, trade memberships you have. For example, if you're um, a member of the FSB, so that's the Federation of Small Business, I know most of their membership comes with a fee protection as part of it. Some Chamber of Commerces do it um, and some other organisations, some other federations have that fee protection built in. So check those memberships, check you've got that in place. If you haven't, contact your accountant and see if they offer a similar protection service. I really do recommend, given how complicated in particular the furlough claims are, you don't want to be having to pay hundreds of pounds an hour to an accountant to check your claim when HMRC investigate. If you've got the protection in place, then those fees would be covered. And I think that that's a really important thing for people to know. Um, I'm going to start taking some questions in a second. Um, please keep them coming through throughout the session. If I can't answer them all, and I haven't answered it by answering somebody else's, please do send them through to me privately at my email address at work, which is digitalsolutions at moreandsmallly.co.uk, and I'll come back to you afterwards. So we've got some questions that have already come through, um, and I'll take them in turn. So Kaylee from Facebook Messenger, she has asked, hi there, how will HMRC calculate my average trading profits when it comes to the self-employed income support scheme? So Kaylee, this is um, quite straightforward, uh, depending on how many years uh, self-assessment tax returns you've submitted. So to be eligible, you have to have submitted an 1819 self-assessment return. If that's the only return that you have ever submitted, HMRC will divide your profit declared by 12 and that is your monthly average, and then they will give you three months of that. If you have been trading for many years and you've been um, doing tax returns for two, three, four years, they will look at the last three returns and do an average of those three returns to get you a uh, yearly average, and then again divide it by 12 to give you a monthly average. So hopefully that explains that for you. Carly um, from Twitter has done a direct message. She's asking, hello, does the flexible furlough scheme mean we have to start monitoring and recording working hours for salaried employees when we've not done this before? Carly, that's an excellent question. And yes, you do. Um, and this comes back down to um, justifying your claims that you're making um, to HMRC on the furlough scheme. You are required once you bring people back to work in a part-time capacity to record exactly how many hours they would normally have worked pre-furlough, um, or sorry, pre-lockdown. And then when they're coming back, how many hours they've actually worked within the business and you will obviously pay those. And then how many hours they have not worked then become part of the furlough claim. So yes, you have to keep detailed records of those. 
So if you use QuickBooks Online, for example, what you could do is use the employee function within QuickBooks to um, almost keep timesheets. And that would be a great record to show HMRC. Uh, we documented all this as we went along. And in particular, if, the, if your employee has uh, access to the app and can fill in their um, timesheets themselves, that's even better. We uh, have a message through from Yardria. So apologies if I pronounced that wrong from Twitter, direct message. The message is, uh, hi Judith, we're waiting for the SEIS to be allocated. Can I keep working if I make a claim? So the self-employed income support scheme was for those people adversely affected by COVID-19. Now, that can be interpreted in a few different ways. Certainly, if you are working as normal, and particularly I'm talking here about the self-employed that get almost like a daily rate, and you're working the same days that you always did or there or thereabouts, you've not been adversely affected, so therefore you shouldn't do a claim. However, you can still work while claiming the SEIS as long as it's minimal and you are still suffering um, as a result of the lockdown or, or COVID-19 measures. So um, yes, you can keep working, uh, but as soon as you get anywhere near your normal working hours and, and, and taking in the normal amount of income that you would have done pre-lockdown, then you're no longer eligible for the SEIS claim and that would mean you don't make the second one. The next question has come through from Lane from Facebook Messenger. The question here is, is there a minimum or maximum number of working hours for employees on flexible furlough? Uh, that's another great question, Lane. As far as we're aware, in the um, information that we've been given from HMRC at the moment in all the government updates, uh, there doesn't appear to be any minimum hours that they have to work or minimum hours that they have to be furloughed. It looks like it's completely flexible for the employer, which again is, is fantastic news. As, as I mentioned before um, on one of the previous questions, just make sure you keep a, a really good detailed breakdown of those costs. Currently, if you want to do a furlough claim, you can claim up to 14 days ahead. So for example, if you were doing a claim in the middle of June and you knew you had staff that were furloughed for three whole weeks and you're only say one week into that, you could claim for the next two weeks knowing that they were going to be furloughed. It's very important if you're bringing people back on the flexible furlough scheme not to try and do a forward claim by 14 days because you don't actually know what exact hours they'll work, anything could happen in the next two weeks. So it's important on the flexible furlough claims that you do your claim at the end of a month. And one thing on those claims, just to make sure everybody is aware of, any claims for the furlough scheme relating to up to the 30th of June have to have been claimed by the 31st of July. Um, I'm not sure whether everybody's aware of that. Um, up until now, you didn't have to make a furlough claim. You didn't have to do it monthly. You didn't have to do it weekly. You could do one great big claim at the end of the period if, if you so wished. That will change from the 1st of July. You'll have to do it monthly. And as I've just said, any claim for the end of June will have to be submitted by the 31st of July. I've got a message in from Selena from Facebook Messenger. Um, she's asking, how does a self-employed income support scheme work for partnerships? Have the new updates affected this at all? So the way it works for partnerships is that each individual partner is self-employed in a partnership. So on a self-assessment basis, you will report on your self-assessment return your partnership share. 
So this in turn means that each partnership has what we call a partnership tax return. And that partnership tax return works out the profit that is due to all the partners. And then on that partnership return, it states the percentage of that split. Um, so, for example, if there were two partners and you both worked equally, you'd probably split those 50-50. On your self-assessment tax return, you would then bring in that partnership share that relates to yourself. And that goes on your self-assessment as self-employed income. And it's that figure that the HMRC will work on in terms of calculating how much you're entitled to under the self-employed income support scheme. The new updates for the second claim don't affect this at all. Um, so it will be calculated in exactly the same way. A message from Daniela, um, again from Facebook Messenger. She says, hello, Judith, I own a nail bar and I'm desperate to open and hopefully it won't be too much longer. Does QuickBooks receipt catcher help with budgeting? This is a great question, Daniela. And there have been quite a few changes on the QuickBooks software over the last um, few months. So the receipt catcher is a great tool in terms of preventing you having to type in every expense that you have or every bill that you receive. You can take a picture and it will come through into the system and then it will automatically match off to any bank payments um, that you make that correspond to that. Now, the cash flow tool that has just been released within QuickBooks will look at not only what you've done in the past to give you an up-to-date cash position, it will look at what it expects to come out in the future. So if you are using the receipts capture facility for bills, and by bills I mean um, costs that you get from a supplier that you don't pay immediately. So for example, you might buy a load of nail polish or um, some nail files, anything that you might need within the business, and you might get, say, 30 days credits on that. If you put that bill in straight away, what the cash flow tool within QuickBooks will do is pick up the due date and automatically um, put through how much your cash should be in, a th in 30 days' time when that bill comes out. It also tries to look at past income that you've had to try and plot future income. So that cash flow tool is really good for that. There's also budgeting within QuickBooks Online, and not everybody has used it or is aware of it, but it's in the company cog or the gear, the top right-hand corner. If you click on there, there's an area called budgeting. And in there, what you can do is set your own budgets, put in your expectations of income and put in your expectations of costs. And then when you go and run your reports, there's a little tick box um, to say, compared to budgets and you can um, run a, a budgeted P&L showing your actual cost against. Now that doesn't, isn't affected by the receipt capture, but it's just another tool that's in there, uh, which I would recommend people have a look at. Uh, we've got a question from Christopher, Twitter direct message. And Christopher's asked, what happens at the end of the furlough scheme in October? And there's still a possibility of our stores, uh, some of our stores are unable to reopen. Uh, another really good question, uh, Christopher, and unfortunately, what happens at the end of October, we don't really know. Um, all we can say at this point is that I know the Chancellor was asked this question a few weeks ago, and he did confirm that as it stands at the moment, the furlough scheme as we have it will end at the 31st of October. Therefore, if there is no more for future help or further help from the government, it's at this point that employers will have to 
look at how they are returning to work in terms of their employees. Is there enough work for everybody? And unfortunately, it's at this point where people may have to make redundancies based on the capacity for work within their organisation. I'm hopeful that um, things will continue to improve out there in terms of the um, lockdown rules. So obviously at the moment, it's quite hard for a lot of hospitality organisations and leisure to think about reopening with the two metre rule in place. It's quite hard for bars um, and gyms and things like that to adhere to a two metre distancing. There is talk that that may decrease to one metre in the next few weeks. It may not. Um, And obviously those changes will have a massive impact on how you're able to open stores. Hopefully, depending on what sort of store that you have, Christopher, you'll be looking to open in the next few weeks. We've seen, I know in my local area this week, it's been great to see a lot of the small businesses returning. And hopefully by October, which is quite a few months away at the moment, we will be in a very different place and and hopefully everybody will be returning to some sort of normality. I have a message from Maxwell, a Twitter direct message, and uh, Maxwell's asking, hey, we are looking at bringing people back off furlough now. How do we calculate the unworked hours that we can claim for through the furlough scheme? So Maxwell, um, as we understand it, you will have to look at the normalised working hours for those members of staff you're bringing back pre-lockdown. So this is effectively the figure of hours that you've been using while they've been on furlough. So let's say you've been saying that your normal hours are 40 and you've been claiming 80% of those 40 hours under the current furlough scheme. When you're coming back for calculating the unworked hours for the flexible furlough scheme, you would use that same base. You can't really change that now because that's what you've been basing everything on in the past. Um, So let's say it was 40 hours. Um, It's as simple as if they come back and they work 20 hours, you pay them 20 and they are unfurl- they are furloughed for 20. So it is 20 hours that would go on your furlough claim, obviously only able to claim 80% of those unworked hours. So I hope that explains it. Um, as I said on up to a previous question uh, before, make sure you just keep a really detailed list of those hours that have worked and make sure that they do correspond to opening hours and, and things like that. I've got another message in from Heather. She wants to know what does adversely affected mean when claiming for the self-employed income support scheme. And that's that's it's a very technical term. It's a great question, Heather, because it's really important um, that people understand adversely affected. So you have to be worse off now than you were pre-COVID-19. And that might sound a bit of a strange comment, but there are people out there that are actually better off now than they were before, depending on what their organisation does. For example, a lot of online retailers are doing incredibly well because people haven't been able to go to the shops. So they've seen their online sales skyrocket. So they are definitely not adversely affected. And if they were self-employed, couldn't use the SEIS scheme. There is no real definition of how much you have to be affected negatively to be adversely affected. So I can't say that if sales are down 10%, you're adversely affected, or if they're 20% down. It is something that you've you've, you've kind of got to do a bit of research on. I would speak to your accountant to see if they've got other clients in similar circumstances to yourself, uh, say similar sectors, uh, and see what they've been advising there. But I would say as long as you can justify to HMRC if they ever come back and check, that actually my profits were a thousand pounds a month 
and they went down to £50 a month or nothing, then you are 100% adversely affected. The bit where it comes into a bit more question is if, say, your profits were £1,000 a month pre-COVID-19 and now they're about £600. You're obviously negatively affected and you are adversely affected, but should you be claiming 80% of the the £1,000 that you would normally have got? Because then you end up better off than you would have been. So it, it is it's something I would definitely discuss with your accountant on your individual circumstances, um, just to make sure you get the right advice. Um, Lee from Twitter on direct message has asked, um, hi Judith, we run a cafe and we recently reopened with the correct social distancing rules in place. What apps would work best for our QuickBooks online? So I would imagine if you're a cafe, you um, are taking a lot of money from merchant services, using card machines, chip and pin. So I would definitely be looking at how that is integrated into your tills and then how that, that can then integrate from your tills into your QuickBooks online. On QuickBooks Intuit website, there is a link to their app store. And if you put in there retail, you will see loads and loads of apps um, that are there to help with retail. There are... Um, depending on on which provider you use, some providers will have a direct link. Also, I would say if you're running a cafe, you're going to have lots and lots of little receipts for buying food um, and drinks and and obviously your overhead bills and things like that. So I would look at something like a receipt bank or auto entry to be able to automate that process of getting those invoices into QuickBooks. And the beauty of receipt bank in particular is for things like utilities, there is a fetch function so you can log into your sort of BT bill, um, maybe your gas and electric um, online accounts, and the receipt bank app will automatically take those bills for you and put them into QuickBooks. Um, so you don't have to remember to download them and email them across. So I would look at those to start off with. And like I said, have a little play around on the Intuit app store and, and see what else is out there and speak to your accountant if you need a bit more help. Message from Lewis on Twitter, direct message. Since having a dedicated digital team at More and Smalley, what benefits are you seeing by fully adopting cloud software? That's a great question, Lewis. Um, The benefits are widespread, really. For our clients, the benefit is that they are able to keep up to date constantly with their position. And that has been so crucial over the last few months. It's, it's really helped them to be able to log on and see instantly what the bank figure is and then what they've got coming in or what they've got to go out yet so that they can, can keep up to date with that. From more and smallest point of view, the interaction that we have with our clients is so much better than it used to be. In the past, if somebody needed a bit of help, they would ring up. They might be using a desktop piece of software and then we'd have to ask for them um, to send us a backup. We then have to allocate somebody to look at that when they were free. We then have to allocate some time to ring them back and talk to them. Now, if somebody rings up and says, I've got a problem on my QuickBooks account, we log in there and then. uh, And because of the expertise we have, 95% of cases are solved there and then on the phone. Um, So that's great for our clients because they can just go back to getting on with what they need to do. Um, It's also the functionality in the software that clients, and, and we've seen this across the board in loads of sectors, We've had clients that used to spend three days doing a VAT return. So they were putting in all their information into a desktop piece of software, spending three days doing that to pull out a VAT return to submit. They are now doing that in a, in a morning over two hours with a cup of coffee um, because of the, the automation that's there within QuickBooks. So I think the 
great thing for me is the time-saving opportunities that cloud software brings. So please, if you haven't already, look at that. I've got to um, start to wrap up now as we're coming to the end of the session. I've just seen a quick question that's coming from Elijah um, about clinically extremely vulnerable people being shielding and can they be furloughed? And yes, they can. And they can also be put on statutory sick pay as well. So I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that for um, Elijah. Okay, so I do have to wrap up now. Thank you very much for all the questions today. It's hopefully been very helpful for you. It's been great for me to um, spend some time helping small businesses. If you've got any more further questions, please get in touch with the QuickBooks support team on Facebook or contact me at More and Smallly using the email digitalsolutions at moreandsmallly.co.uk. We've got lots of advice on our website as well. We have a COVID-19 hub, which you can access by going to www.moreandsmallly.co.uk and it's on the homepage, so please have a look at that. Coming up on Acts the Experts on Monday is Carl Reader. Uh, he's a serial entrepreneur, chairman of the business advisory firm D&T, author of Boss It, the startup coach, and the franchising handbook. I actually know Carl Reader quite well. He's a fantastic guy, and he has so much experience. So I really would uh, recommend that you tune in and listen to what he's got to say. He's helped thousands of business owners either start or grow their businesses by helping them to understand that business isn't really that difficult. So please make sure you tune in and listen to him. Finally, just a quick reminder that if you need more advice and you haven't already to join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook where accountants and experts are on hand 24-7. So it just leaves me to say thank you once again for your time this morning and stay safe.